This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We have the famous, famous, famous Gemara in Masechet Ha'anit that we wrote our whole lives. Now here comes the question. We know by Chodesh Av, when it comes to the month of Av, it says, when the month of Av comes, which we had the Chuban Bet HaMikdashim, it says, you have to lower the level of Simcha. What does that mean? That means less weddings, less painting the house, less building, buying things. So we know how to mourn the Bet HaMikdash, Halacha Lama'aseh. But when it comes to Purim, the Gemara just throw this, just makes us like wonder what it means. When you enter the month of Adar, you have to marbe besimcha. Yeah, but what does that mean to be marbe besimcha? How are you marbe besimcha? How could you now uh, make the level higher of being happy? How is that? What is the halacha? If one wants to follow the Gemara, halacha l'ma'aseh, what should he do? To be mekayem the Gemara, the words of the Gemara, to be marbe besimcha. How do you do such a thing like that? Do I buy more wine? Do I go out with my wife more in restaurants? Do I buy nice cars? What do I do to you on Be'er Simcha? And the Gemara doesn't really say how a person is in Mekayim the Gemara. Chacham Ovadia says like this, a beautiful pshat. Chacham Ovadia says, we know in Tehilim, David the Melech says, Pekudei Hashem Yesharim Mesam Chelev. Which means, how does a person want to be happy? The whole world is always happy. The whole world is always wondering how to become happy. People always inventing new things. People sitting there 24-7 trying to have the psychology of what makes a person happy, a person sad. But David the Melech already took care of us. David the Melech says, Pekudei Hashem Yesharim Mesamchei Lev. You know what equals happiness? You know what equals simcha? Pekudei Hashem. Whoever listens to the commandments of Hashem. One who follows the Torah, one who follows the halachot, Pekudei Hashem, what does it equal? Mesamchei he or she will be happy. So now we have the solution. You know how you become happy? Not so complicating. Following the halachot of the Torah will make one happy. Satisfaction guaranteed, as they say. One who follows the halachot, the laws of the Torah, pekudei Hashem equals, mesam chalev will be a happy person. But the question is, says Chacham Ovadia, David Melech threw in a word in there that sounds a little extra. He said, pekudei Hashem, the commandments of Hashem, yesharim, yesharim means yeshar, straight, equals, mesam chalev. David Melech could have just written Pekudei Hashem Mesam Chelev, but he said Pekudei Hashem Yesharim Mesam Chelev. Why do you th- why do you throw the word Yesharim? Why did David Melech have to throw that word in? Says Chacham Ovadia, an unbelievable, unbelievable lesson. You can have many people that are Baruch Hashem following Torah Mitzvot. They're following the halachot when it comes to Shabbat, when it comes to kosher, when it comes to Lashonara, They're following the following the halachot, but sometimes a person doesn't seem happy. How can it be, you can have a person that keeps Shabbos, a person that keeps Brachot, he's a religious person, Baruch Hashem, but he doesn't feel happy, there is no Simcha, there is no happiness, how can it be? So says David Melech, you know why? Of course it's Pukudei Hashem, of course that person listened to the Pukudei, to the mitzvot, to the commandments of Hashem, but you know why it doesn't equal for that person, Misam Chilev, you know why he's not happy? Because he missed that middle word over there in the Pasuk that says, Yesharim. Yesharim means one needs to follow the halachot. 
One needs to follow the words of Hashem out of his heart, because he wants to do it, or she wants to serve Hashem. One has to follow the halachot yesharim on a straight path, with no excuses, with no different type of tirutzim, of answers of why I can't do this, why this Shabbat I can't keep, why over there I have to be matir, why over here it's really allowed, Hashem was really talking to me, it's a different generation. All these excuses, when they come up, it shakes the pikudeh Hashem. The mitzvot, the halachot that we follow are very good. It means lot to Hashem, but they're not a hundred percent. Once it's not with a full heart, once it's not with yesharim, then the equals chas shalom will not be mesamche lev. So if one wants to be happy, says David the Melech, how do you become happy? How do you become happy? Very simple. Pikudeh Hashem yesharim, follow the halachot of Hashem in a straight path. To the fullest extent, because you want to serve Hashem, you want to serve Hashem, and you enjoy it. You know what happens? It equals mesamche lev, guaranteed, guaranteed that a person will be a happy, happy person. Now we can also understand, by the way, unfortunately, the famous klala that we have in Parashat Kitavo. The Torah goes through many, many, many klalot, many curses. Chas Hashem should never happen to anybody. And the Torah over there says the reason why the klalot happen is because one was not oved Hashem Baruch Hu besimcha, because one was not oved Hashem with happiness. And I was always wondering, Ribono Shirolam Hashem, how could it be that all these klalot, all these curses, could fall upon a person just because, although he did the mitzvot, he did not do it besimcha with happiness. He gets such curses. How could it be such a thing like that? But according to what Chacham just taught us, Rabotai, it's a tremendous lesson. When Hashem says, when one doesn't serve the Torah mitzvot besimcha, he will get all the curses, chas v'shalom. It's not just, oh, I do mitzvot, but I don't do it besimcha. It's not just a little minus. When one doesn't serve Hashem b'simcha, when one doesn't enjoy what he's doing, when one doesn't appreciate what it means to follow Hashem's words, unfortunately, and I'm talking to myself, maybe, just maybe, he still or she doesn't know what it means, what a privilege and an honor and a zechut it is to serve God in the first place. If one serves Hashem because he's forced to, because he has to, because he's used to, then there's no simcha, there's no happiness. You know when simcha comes, says the Pasuk? When you serve Hashem because you want to serve Hashem. When you enjoy serving Hashem. When one understands what it means to actually do the mitzvot of Hashem, that will bring a person tremendous simcha, and he will follow the words of Hashem because he wants to, and memele, the person will be happy. You know the Gemara, you know the Mishnah says, like this, the Mishnah says, Do not serve your master, in order to get a reward. Right? Rather be, serve your master, not because you want to get a reward afterwards, you want to get paid, but rather because you want to serve your master. So the Rabbinu Yen over there says, very interesting, you're telling people, the Mishnah and Perkei Avot, you're telling people, hey, Yehudim, holy, holy Jews, you want to serve Hashem? Don't serve Hashem al menat pras. Don't do the Torah and the mitzvot just because you want to get rewarded in Olam Abba. Of course, the reward in Olam Abba will come, but don't do it for that. Rather, serve Hashem not to get rewarded. Now, why is it so... Why does, why does it bother Hashem if one serves and follows the Torah and mitzvot only to get rewarded? Why would it bother Hashem if we keep Shabbat to get rewarded in Olam Abba? We learn Torah to get Olam Abba. Says Rabbi Yuna, an unbelievable thing. Imagine... Have any of you ever met Chacham Ovadi Yosef? Neither did I. But I can just imagine, if I ever met Chacham Ovadi Yosef, let's just only me and him in a room. Oh, I wish. I wish. Only me and him in a room and he's learning Torah. 
Then he tells me, uh, Yaakov, can you get me a box of tissues? I would run. I would run to get him a box of tissues. And then imagine I give, I give Chacham Avadia the box of tissues. He tells me, thank you. And I tell him, by the way, Chacham Avadia, a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks for the box of tissues. Is that disrespectful? Of course. Not only is disrespectful to Chacham Avadia, if I would do that, I didn't even realize what I just did. You had the honor to give a box of tissues to Chacham Avadia Yosef? Kiss his toes. Say thank you. I should pay Chacham Avadia for that. So too says the Mishnah Pekavot. Serve Hashem not to get rewarded. Why? Because if you're doing it for the reward, you don't even know how much of a privilege and an honor it is to serve Hashem in the first place. Why would a person ask for more reward? The greatest reward is the fact that we can serve Hashem in the first place. The fact that we can keep Shabbat. The fact that we can keep kosher. The fact that we can daven. All these mitzvot that we have, all the mitzvot that we have. Thank you Hashem for giving us the zikhut and the honor to do it in the first place. Of course, there's reward to Olam Abba. But why think about that? Think about the now, the fact that we have the honor to serve Hashem, the fact that we have the zikhut to follow the Torah mitzvot. No other nation in the world has such a zikhut like us. We can actually wake up in the morning. Don't touch your eyes. You got to say mudayani. Wake up, you got to wash your hands. Then you make berachot. Then you daven shachit. You're not allowed to eat before shachit. You can drink coffee, but you're not allowed to eat before shachit. Look how much halachot you just follow. Look how much zikhuyot. How much commandments, how much pekudah we have just waking up in the morning, the first 10 minutes. Then you go to shul, you put on tefillin, and then you daven, and then you want to have bread, you got to wash, and berkat amazon, and then you go to business, you know, you can't steal, you can't lie, you got to watch out, there's so many mitzvot, there's so many opportunities the whole day to serve Hashem. One in order it is, thank you Hashem for even giving us the zikhut, the havamina, the thought, the chance that you even gave us to follow the Torah mitzvot. That's why one should not want to serve Hashem, aminat kibet pas. So too when it comes to simchat happiness. How does a person become happy? When somebody follows the Torah and mitzvot, because he knows it's the right thing to do, and he knows it's the best thing to do for himself. Yesharim on a straight path because he wants to do it, because he enjoys to do it. That person will be a happy person. Understood, Rabbi No, honestly, any questions? No questions? Okay. So now I'm going to actually open up the paper. This is an unbelievable thing. Ay, ay, ay. Sometimes, Abutai, when you read history, you read about the Jews that went through a very hard time. Very hard time with current events. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're following the news, I'm talking to myself, things are getting, I'm being honest, and you can argue with me, anybody here, okay? But things are getting a little uh, shaky. A little, a little scary about what might happen in the future. But what's going to happen? We thought something's going to happen. I thought Trump is for sure going to win. It didn't happen, okay? Something else happened. But things are leading more and more and more that are a little bit uh, scary of what the future will bring. But Chazal tell us an unbelievable thing. Chazal tell us, by Esther Malka, back to Purim. You want to Purim, right? Okay, so by Esther Malka, we know Esther Malka, the Jews. Can you imagine the Jews at the time of Purim? When it means chas shalom all over the New York Times, the Washington Post, all over Google. All Jews must get killed. Men, women, children. You know how terrifying that was for the Jews at the time? That is terrifying, 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 terrifying. Finally, they have this Jewish girl, very special Jewish girl, Esther Malka, inside the palace, very close to the king. Very close to the king. 
And what happens? What does Esther do? What does the Gemara tell us? What does Esther do? Esther invites and makes a party together with Haman, our number one enemy, and Chashverosh. The Gemara says when Esther made that party, and the Jews heard about that party, that special meaning she's making with our enemy Haman and Achashverosh, all the Jews started getting scared. Oh my gosh, Esther is stabbing us in the back. Esther is also anti-Jews now. What's going on? Why is she running Haman? This makes no sense. What's going on? Can you imagine how nervous the Jews were at that time? Says the Gemara, but why did Esther do that? Why would Esther make such a party? Because Mordechai told her, that as long as the Jews are dependent on one person, as long as the Yehudim are not fully leaning on God, as long as the Jews are not fully leaning only on HaKadosh Baruch Hu to trust Him and only Him to save us, as long as there's any human being figure in between us and Hashem, unfortunately the Geulah is not going to come, the salvation won't come. You have to remove every human being. Stop trusting human beings. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Estel. You know how you're going to accomplish that? But you inviting Haman, if you're going to invite Haman, all the Jews are going to hear, oh my gosh, that's it, we lost Esther also. Now it's only us and Hashem. Let's turn to Hashem to save us. And that's what they did. And the Yeshua came right away. And right away, Hashem brought the salvation. What a tremendous lesson, Abutai. We could connect this to current events. And I heard this from Rabbi Leza Ginsburg. Rabbi Leza Ginsburg is a Rosh Hashiva of the Mir. He said, for many, many, many years, could be some people trusted a certain figure for too long. That we're leaning on that person for too long that he will save us, he will do this for us, he will uh, uh, on and on and on and on and on and on. Hashem says, wait a minute, wait a minute, Rabotai, Rakrega. I'm in control over the world. The bitachon and emunah only should be in Akadosh Baruch Hu. Only in Akadosh Baruch Hu. So says Ablazer Ginsburg, you know why the current events happen? You know why this fellow had to lose, says Ablazer Ginsburg? Because unfortunately Hashem saw that too many Jews are leaning on the person. Just like Estela Makah had to invite Haman, so to Hashem had to remove this person for us to turn only to Hashem. Don't trust anybody else in the world. Only and only turn to Akadosh Baruch Hu. You know, in this week's parasha, there's a tremendous lesson. Tremendous, tremendous lesson. It says Baal Manah, uh, I believe Perak Chavbet, yeah, here, Perak Chavbet. We know one of the worst things a person wants to do. Of course, you never hurt anybody else's feelings, ever. But the Pasuk here gives an extra warning. Hashem says, You never, ever torture or bother a widow and an orphan, a yatom. Rashi says, It means everybody else, but specifically, a widow, a yatom, a yasom, an orphan, a person has to go out of his way and be extra, extra careful not to offend them. Says the Pasuk, If you torture an orphan, and they scream out, and they scream out to me, I will hear, I will hear their cry, says Hashem. Listen to the words of the Pasuk. If they scream and they scream, to me, says Hashem. I will hear, I will hear, Say them if in the commentaries, why does the Pasuk have to repeat itself? If they scream in the scream, if they dive into Hashem, they dive into Hashem, the orphan, the widow. I will hear, I will hear. What's the double lotion? Why does the Pasuk have to repeat the same word twice? Say in the commentaries, an unbelievable lesson of a time. We have to take this home. It's an unbelievable lesson. Why is it that to a widow, to a mana, and an orphan, Hashem listens right away? Why? Why? You know why? Because they have no one else to turn to. 
anybody. God forbid, but they have no one else to turn to. Who should Ahamana turn to if not Hashem? Who should a widow turn to for help if not God? Ayatom, an orphan. Who should he turn to if only HaKadosh, only HaKadosh Baruch Hu he could turn to? So when Ahamana and Ayatom scream at Hashem, they don't just dive into Hashem as one of the options. You know, you speak to God, and then you speak to the doctor, and to your in-laws, and to your parents. Hashem is one of the options. No. When it comes to a widow, when it comes to an orphan, they have nobody else, nobody else to turn to, only Hashem. And when one screams out to Hashem, dependent only on Him, and knowing that only Hashem can help you, and only Hashem can bring the Yishra, the salvation, whatever your needs are, when you turn to Hashem, knowing only He can help you, Hashem helps the person right away. So that's the Pasuk repeated the word. They will cry, they will cry. They will daven, they will daven. Meaning they daven with the extra heart. They daven with the extra kavanah only to Hashem. Leaning only on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And says Hashem, I will listen, I will listen to them. Because when one cries out to Hashem, Hashem sees right through the heart. Do you truly believe in what you're saying when you pray? Do you honestly, when you ask Hashem, please give me parnasah, do you really mean I should give you parnasah? Or you mean Hashem, please be part of the... You know, the plans that I have, this business meeting, and over there, and over this is going to help, and this is going to happen, the economy is going to go up. Hashem sees right through the lev. When we dive into Hashem, we have to dive in understanding the reality, the mitziyut is rabotai. Only Hashem, and only Hashem can help a person out. Only Hashem is a source of panasa. Only Hashem is a source of health, of shiduchim. Everything, everything is a kadosh baruch Hu. When we dive into Hashem, it should be fully, fully, only diving into Hashem. You know, I just read a story. Remind me to go back, Abutai. I just read a story about a fellow that lost his wallet. He went from a bus from Benebrek to Yerushalayim. So on the bus ride, he lost his wallet. He had all his credit cards. But unfortunately, usually the bus companies, you're able to track it. You call them up, they have a lost and found section. But this bus was a borrowed bus from a different company and a different bus station. And the bus driver was a non-Jew, so he lost hope. But he said, I'll wait two weeks. I'll wait two weeks, I'll follow the credit scores, whatever it's called, the credit cards, I see no one is using it. He tried getting a hold of the wallet, it did not help. Two weeks later, he says, he said, okay, I'm going to call up the banks, let me let me cancel all the credit cards. But then he realized, you know, he felt very dumb, as they say. He called this guy and this guy, he tried this, Askan. He didn't even dive into Hashem to help him find the wallet. He says, how could it be? How could it be? I dive in shachit avit. I'm a religious guy. I didn't even think to ask Hashem for this specific thing. Let me ask Hashem. And he opens up his Sefer Tehilim, and he starts davening and davening, davening to Hashem. And he says within the hour, he gets a call from his rabbi in Yerushalayim for Bet Shemesh. And he tells him, by the way, did you lose your wallet? Because I see your name. Someone borrowed it, I lost it, found in our shul. We, I saw your name, I recognize you because I'm your rabbi. And it says your name, did you lose your wallet? He says, of course I lost my wallet. You see that? You turn to Hashem. Not turning to Hashem, but also depending on finding it with the lost and found section, and this guy's going to help you. No, no, only Hashem, only Hashem, and only Hashem is going to help. And one turns to Hashem like that, Hashem listens much, much faster. When Hashem sees that we're leaning only on Him, Hashem brings the Yishua much faster. Now, I want to share with you a story. I don't know how I got to this. Who's going to be in charge of time to get back to the paper? You? Okay. I just want to share with you a story about, about Tehillim. And I, ver- and I want to make sure I verified this story. This story, I spoke to the guy that it happened to. And it's a tremendous, powerful story. Powerful story. But before I say the story, I want to give a 20-minute introduction. I'm joking. Two seconds. We don't need any proofs Hashem exists. We know God exists. We know Hashem is real. We know the terror is real. 
But sometimes, when you hear the stories like I'm about to tell you, it gives you a little reminder of, cool, it's so awesome to serve Hashem. Like, it's so awesome, Hashem really exists. You know how awesome it is to be like, like, hello? Like right now we're learning Torah. Do you know how much an effect we're making in the world? Us being here together. You know what an effect it makes in the world? Who knows how much people are going to get married, have kids, have panasah, have refuah, only because we got to learn together. That's literally what Hashem says. The effect of 10 Jews getting together brings major, major, major bracha to the world. And when Hashem says it, He means business, by the way. So we should be happy just for this. You want to know how to be happy? How do you serve Hashem? Ivdut Hashem b'simcha. How do you serve Hashem with happiness? You know what Rashi says? You know you have Ivdut Hashem b'simcha. How do you serve Hashem with happiness? By recognizing the fact that you have the Ivdu. The fact that you can even serve Hashem. The fact that you have the honor to serve Hashem. That should already give you happiness. Like we said before. So just us getting us together, I can just leave. And this is already should bring us happiness and bacha and chizuk. Understood? Yes? Okay, now I'm going to say over the story like this. And I spoke to the guy who said over the story. He doesn't want to say his name, but he said I can say over his grandfather's name. His grandfather is Arav Peretz. Arav Michael Peretz is a very big Tamil Chacham, Yedua, pretty well known in Mexico. Older fellow, he wrote many, many stories that we use. Big Tamil Chacham. So this story happened to his grandson. He gets a call around a month ago. From a fellow that he doesn't know too well, you know, he's his client, this, this grandson has a business. So one of his clients that comes once a month, once every two months, calls him up and he tells him, I want to invite you to Sudat Hodaya. I want to invite you, you know, when a person survives any tragedy, let's say he was sick for a while, and when you get up, you want to thank Hashem, you make a special suhuda, special ceremony to thank God. It's a very misugah thing to do, by the way. So this person calls him up, the grandson. He says, I want to invite you to my siudat hodaya. So the grandson tells me that he told him, why are you inviting me? Usually you invite close family, best friends, the rabbi, the community. Why are you inviting me? He's like, don't ask too many questions. I want you to come to the party. He's like, okay, I'll come to the party. He goes to the siudat hodaya. There's 18 other people there. Now this grandson told me that you know he knows the community in Mexico. He's aware of what's going on. The 18 people that were there, something didn't click. Something didn't match. Those 18 faces, everybody knew each other from somewhere, but not in one room. Like something here didn't make any sense. He's from that synagogue, he's from that community, he's from that shul. It was the most random 18 people in one room to confess to that they are for this fellow. So they sit down, this grandson tells me, and the guy next to them, one of the people participating in the party tells them, why are you here? He's like, the truth is, I don't even know why he called me. I know of him. I don't even know why he invited me. He's like, you know what? Me too. I don't even know why I'm here. I know of him, but I'm not sure why he invited me. So it looks like everybody was confused why they're there in the first place. This person who made the Siudat Odeya starts speaking. He says, Rabotai, I had Corona. He's an older fellow. I had Corona. And I basically died. I basically passed away. And Rabotai, this just happened. He says, my neshama, my soul went to Shamaim, went to heaven. And I saw Betin Shemala. I saw the whole court system in the world. I saw the whole court, the whole Betin of Hashem. And he says that he heard a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming, whatever that means. I'm not asking details, but that's what he said. He heard a lot of screaming and a little anger. And then they tell him, Betin Shemala, they tell him that your time has not come. Go back down. That's what I tell this fellow who said over the story. He said, go back down. So he says, I, I don't know how to go back down. What does it mean, go back down? What does that mean? There's like a map over here. He says, go back down, go back down. He turns around, he sees his mother. His mother passed away a few years before. His mother tells him, come, I'll help you to go back down to your body. He tells her, mom, mom, I don't know how to go back down. I don't know what's going on. She tells him, look down, look down. 
He looks down. What does he see at that moment? He sees the 18 people that he invited to the party. He saw every single one of them at that moment saying Tehillim for his Shalema. Those 18 people. And he said, the words of the Tehillim that he heard people saying for him, for his Shalema, the actual words he heard, it said that power of Tehillim, the noise, overtook the noise of the chaos of the anger. And those words of Tehillim, and he said, I saw all 18 of you in all 18 different places, and I recognize you saying Tehillim for me. The words of your Tehillim pulled me down to my body, back to my body, and then I woke up again. Abatai, what a tremendous story. And I verified the story. This is a 100% true story. It happened to a person that wasn't religious before the story, now he's becoming religious. A person in Mexico. The power of Tehillim. The power of praying for somebody else. And like we said before, if we just remind ourselves how much we do, and how much we accomplish every time we learn Torah, every time we keep Shabbat, every time you make one bracha she'akol ni'abed v'ro, you're changing the world. Every time you read Tehillim, do you know how much an effect it makes? This person literally saw those 18 people, and he said the words literally pulled him down, pulled him down into his body. You know what else we learn from here? When you get these random names sent to you here and there, there's a reason why it was sent to you. For refresh, lema, or shiduchim, or for someone to have children, there's a reason why it was sent. Take a minute or two and dive in for that person. It makes a tremendous, tremendous effect in Shemaim. Who knows where the words are going to go? Who knows how much of a difference it will make every moment of Tehillim? And this person who said over the story, the grandson told me, that all he said, by the way, was one perik of Tehillim. He said he was in his office, in a regular business morning, and somebody came over to him and told him, brother, remember your old client that comes once a month, whatever it is, two months? You know, he's like totally gone. Maybe you should dominate for him. He's like, okay, no problem. He said he opened up a Tehillim and he read one capital. And that moment, the guy saw it in Shemaim and that's supposed to come down into his body. The power of diving to Hashem, Rabotai. When Hashem sees, when Hashem says, Tefilot make a difference, Hashem means business. It makes a huge difference. When Hashem says every moment of Torah is tremendous, Hashem means business. Every moment of Torah is tremendous. When Hashem says brachot are tremendous, every bracha is tremendous. How much opportunities do we have the whole day to praise Hashem? How much opportunities do we have to thank Hashem? To always thank Hashem? I just remembered of a story. Just to, hey, you're supposed to remind me to go back. Okay, but one more story. Remember story of Beautiful, beautiful story. This happened a couple of weeks ago. By the way, if everybody wants to know where I get my stories from, okay, by the way, because I got emails about it, it's called Kav Ashgacha Patit. There's a line, a phone line they call up, and there's rabbis from Elati Sayyid that share with you stories, tremendous stories. People call in and leave stories. It's amazing to see how Hashem literally is all over the place, literally all over the place. The story goes like this. This fellow, it was Friday night, late Friday night. He was learning in shul in Yerushalayim for Bet Shemesh. Bet Shemesh Okay, that's what it was. Bet Shemesh He was learning in Yerushalayim. He walks back home after learning in shul. Now this, this fellow has a problem with uh, sugar in his body. I don't really know these things too well. But he has a problem with sugar in his body. If he needs sugar at that moment and he can't get it, he can collapse. The person can collapse. So what happened to him is he's walking home Friday night after shul. And suddenly he said he gets this attack. Very, very strong attack. That he needs sugar right now. He needs candy, sukal, mashu, Coca-Cola right now. But what is he going to do? He's going to walking home. He has another 15 minutes to get home. 
He finds a bench in someone's backyard. He just sits in the bench. He says, Hashem, I have nowhere to turn. What should I do? I have nowhere to go. I'm, I'm lost. Hashem, please help me. Hashem, please help me. What happens? One of his neighbors in one of the buildings that he lives walks by the same backyard. For some reason, Friday night, he walks back to the same backyard. So this fellow sitting on the bench, I mean, what are you going to do? But he actually asked the guy, Hey, 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 Shabbat Shalom, but do you have any candy? Can you imagine? Do you, that's the first thing he asked. So do you have any candy? It's the most random question to ask. What should he do? Do you have any candy? He says, can, 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 can. He takes out, he has two candies. He makes a shakar and the guy has the candy. What happened? His friend, his neighbor that was walking by with the candies, listen to this, listen to how much Hashem is here 24-7. What happened to this person? He just came back from a meal the Ashkenazim have something called Shalom Zachar. Shalom Zachar. Shalom Zachar. What's a Shalom Zachar? When the Ashkenazim have a baby boy, they make a party Friday night for the baby boy, before the Bit Milah. So he just came back from a Shalom Zachar Friday night. As he's leaving the building, he says he was leaving the building, randomly, two kids threw two candies from the balcony. And boom, landed at his head. He goes, Oish, Maizeh. He looks at the floor, he picks up the candy, he looks up and he sees the kids laughing. But he said, hey, listen, if the candy fell on me, that means Hashem wants something. He takes the candies, puts it in his pocket. He walks, soon as he sees his neighbor asking for candy, he pulls out the candy, he says, no, no, Hashem gave me the candy. Boom, gave it to the guy. Now, Rabbi watch how Hashem watches over everything. Those kids had to throw it, if you know science, not that I know of anything, but these kids had to throw the candy, literally like a second before he passes by to hit his head, to want to pick it up to put it in his pocket, to give it to this guy waiting a few blocks, a few blocks away, to give him the to heal this guy. Now listen to the tremendous lesson. If Hashem, if Hashem calculates candies, two candies, okay, on the guy's head. If Hashem calculates candies, you don't think Hashem calculates who we get married to, when we get married, refuah shlema, parnasah, shlom bayit. If Hashem is so calculative, with candies, how much more so with us? Human beings, our children, our wives, our panasah. How much more does Hashem have everything, everything, everything planned out? The cheshbonot are all planned out. Hashem has our backs. Hashem is here 24-7, Rabotai. 24-7 Hashem is here. Lucky is the person that lives by this. Lucky is the person that always reminds himself, Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is there and everywhere. Always remind yourself Hashem is here. Because that is their reality. And when you turn to Hashem, only trusting Hashem, your tefillot will be accepted a lot more. You know how it is, before you start diving, you remind yourself, only Hashem. Only Hashem. And on Milvado. And I'm really, really diving to Hashem. I really, really want to dive in only to Hashem. You know, some Rebbe's, they say, instead of Sama Rebbe, Sama Rebbe, before you said a davening, a lot of times they saw him, they used to go like this. And they asked, you know, Rebbe, why, why, you know, there's always what to learn from Gedolim. So they asked him, you know, Rebbe, why do you always uh, go like this? So he says, when I dive into Hashem, for some reason, right before I start Shemunah, what happens? All the world current events news and all the things I have to do come to my mind. They're like, attack you. You have to get this done, you have to call this guy, you have to answer this person, you need money, you have to speak to this person. And then I can't focus on Hashem. So what do I do? I train myself to kick all the thoughts out and zoom, zoom, focus, focus, only on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then my tefillot are a lot more accepted. I want to, I want to share with you a beautiful mashad. What have you happy to Purim? Oh, you remind me. One more mashad? Yeah? Listen to this mashad. This one I heard... From Rishishan Pinkus. He says, just to, 
He mentioned how much Hashem has our backs 24-7. He says, imagine you have a child, a one-year-old, okay? And his mother decides that she has to go shopping. Okay, let's say it's in Brooklyn. So at 9 in the morning, she's on Avenue N, okay? And then 9.30, she's on Avenue S. And then at 10.30, she's on Avenue R. And then at 11 o'clock, she's on Avenue X. And then at 11 o'clock, she ends up in Queens. And then at 11.30, she's in Great Neck. And then 12 o'clock, fast driver. Then 12 o'clock, she's all the way in Pasek. If the husband would call up his wife and ask her where she is on WhatsApp, Hey, uh, wife, where are you? Hey, honey, where are you? She tells him, oh, now I'm on Avenue S. Now I'm on Avenue R, Avenue X. I'm in Great Neck. I'm in Pasek. She told him where she is. Says the Shushapikis, if you ask the one-year-old sitting on his mother's lap, if you ask the baby at 9 o'clock, where are you? What would he tell you? My mother's lap. If you ask the baby, where are you at 9.30? Same place, my mother's lap. 10 o'clock, I'm with my mother. 11 o'clock, I'm with my mother. 12 o'clock, I'm with my mother. To the child, he's always in his mother's arms. He's always in his mother's hands. His mother's always watching over the baby. Says of Shishim Pinkis, no matter where you are in life, no matter what happened in life, you're always in Hashem's hands. You're always in Hashem's arms, no matter what you're going through in life. That stage, that stage, that age, this age, that kufa, that current events, that news, that year. No matter what, you're always in Hashem's hands. No matter what, Hashem has you and Hashem is watching over you. All the time, Hashem is watching us 24-7, Rabbi I'm talking to myself. Now let's get back into Purim. Okay? Don't worry, it's not going to be long. The Chumash? Oh, to the Chumash. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Good job. Parashat Re'eh, Perek Yudalad. This is a tremendous Chidush. I want to share with you. Beautiful, beautiful Chidush. Perek Yudalad. Benim Atem Hashem Alakacham. Hashem tells the Jewish people, You are my children. It used to be the goyim, when they lost somebody, when somebody passed away, they were in so much avilut, they were mourning so much, they just couldn't live with losing somebody. They were in so much pain and tzal, that they cut themselves, and I don't know what they did, shave ball, take off their hair, did all these interesting things. Because there was so much tzal and pain. So the Torah here tells us, Hashem tells the Jewish people, you, you don't do such a thing like that. You don't cut yourself. You don't go into mourning so much to actually hurt yourself because somebody lost somebody. Ki am You are a holy nation. La Hashem elokecha for Hashem. Hashem and Hashem chose you to be His nation. Says the Ramban over here. What's the connection? Because we are the chosen nation. What is the connection? Because we are the sons and daughters of Hashem. Hashem here gives a warning. That when chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, a tragedy happens, one should not go into too much mourning to even cut themselves. Says the Ramban, an unbelievable lesson. He says, as much as it's hard, very, very, very hard, says Rabbah, to lose somebody, no matter how big the tragedy is, at the end of the day, our life, our core, our shield, Hashem, is still around 24-7. So says the Ramban, Hashem here warns, yes, there's a tragedy. Mourn, of course you mourn. But to totally lose your life for it as if you lost your, as if you totally lost your life when I'm around. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the main figure in our lives, the main creator, Hashem is here, our life is here. The core is still here, our shield, Hashem is still here. 
So Hashem here gives a warning. You know why you shouldn't be like the Goyim? Because the Goyim, they really lost everything. They really, really lost everything. But you, a Jew, no matter what you go through in life, I'm still here. Hashem says, I still have you back 24-7, 24-7. So that's why the Pasuk says, do not go out of your way to mourn so much. Because Hashem is here, no matter what the tragedy is, Hashem is here 24-7 with us, Rabbi and I want to share with you another interesting chidush. This you learn from Mordechai. Now this is my favorite. Remember Purim is coming up, Rabbi This is my favorite. Mordechai Tzadik. We know Haman was this very annoying person. Haman decided he wants all the Jews to bow down to him. Now what does it mean to bow down? You know Kabbalah says, what's wrong with bowing down to Avodah to idols? So that Rizal explains, when you bow down, you're literally giving physical power to that figure. You're literally giving physical, whatever it is, uh, tum'ah or ta'ara to that figure. So that's why it is a sul, totally a sul in a Torah, to bow down to any figure. Says over here, Haman, I want everybody to bow down to me. When I walk by, hmm, everybody has to whoop, right away to me. He walks by Shah Amelech. He walks by, passed by the palace. Kulam Everybody bows down to Haman. Mordechai did not bow down. And the Psukim go on that Haman wasn't sure if Mordechai even recognizes that everybody's bowing down to him. So he sent messages to see if Mordechai really does not bow down to him because he doesn't want to, because he doesn't know. And then he finds out on his own that Mordechai is really not bowing down to you. Over here says the Arizan, interesting question. Mordechai. You know, if you don't want to bow down to Haman, I have a suggestion for you. You know what you should do? Go home. Go home. Why do you have to be in the entrance of Bishar Amalek? Why do you have to be in the entrance of the palace? Why would you put yourself in a situation not to bow down to Haman? Why would you put yourself in danger? Or the whole Jewish nation in danger? Why don't you go home and avoid the problem in the first place? Why mess with Haman? Why? Says the Arizal, you know what we learn from here? And this applies to our generation. You know what we learn from here? We learn from Mordechai at Sadiq Abutai. We need to stand up, Fakadosh Baruch Hu. Mordechai, a Yehudi, taught us. You know what a Jew is? A Jew, the definition of a Yid, the definition of a Jew is stand up, Fakadosh Baruch Hu. Be on offense, not on defense when it comes to Torah Virat Shemaim. Always, always stand up for Hashem. Be proud of serving a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Don't always be on defense. Oh, hey, why do you guys keep the Sabbath? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. You're right, I don't know, I don't know. Just run away. No. You know why we keep the Shabbos? You know why? Because Hashem said so. Hashem chose us. When you're in your office, you're able to really fight for Hashem. Fight is the wrong word to use, but you're really able to stand up for Hashem. You know what you can do? You take that cup of coffee on your right hand, that's the halacha, okay, or the cup of water, and you say loud. Don't be annoying, but pretty loud. Baruch atah Hashem elokeinu melech haolam shehakol niyabed baruch. And everyone in the office will look at you, whoa, 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 what's this guy doing? And you tell them, you know why I'm making a bracha? Do you know God exists? Ha <laughs> You're living 40 years, you know God exists, there's something called a God. And He created this water, He created, He gives us life, He gives us, what are you talking about? That's Mordechai Tzadik. That's Mordechai HaYehudi. That's a Jewish person standing up for Hashem, showing off the Torah to the world. Be a show-off when it comes to Judaism. Walk outside with your keep up proudly. And the woman that dressed modest, do it proudly. You know what it means? You're literally standing up for Hashem. Mordechai could have avoided this. He could have went home. 
No, 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 I'm not giving in. What's going on over here? This Haman guy decides where is the bed. What do you think this is? A free country? This is Hashem's world. This is God's world. I'm going to stand here proudly. And you're going to walk by Haman. I will not bow down to you. And the Midrash says, that Haman sent the messengers and he told them, you know, technically, that's how much Haman wanted to respect. You know, he really felt bad that Mordechai is not bowing down. So Haman, the Midrash says, told Mordechai, you can really technically appear lacha, you can really bow down, but when you bow down, have in mind that you're only doing it because you're terrified of me, not because you really want to serve me. So it says, Haman, appear lacha, technically, you'll be fine. You hear this? Haman gives him like a whole calculation. What does Mordechai tell him? Mordechai tells him like this, you think I'm kidding around with you? You think that I'm going to do something, even though I'll the technically I'm fine. I serve Hashem proudly. I serve Hashem, yesharim, like we learned from David the Melech, Hashem, yesharim I'm not looking for tirutzim, I'm not looking for answers and excuses, I'm not looking for ways out not to serve God, I'm proud of serving Hashem. So although in the calculation, maybe you're right, I'm still serving Hashem 100% proudly, I will not bow down to you. And that's what happened in Abutai, Mordechai, then now bow down to Haman. And what happened because of that? Eventually what happened? Haman is the one who got killed. You know the Gemara says, in Chulin, I believe in Daf Kuf Lametchet, the Gemara says, Haman mina Torah menayin. Where is Haman, Merumaz, hinted in the Torah? We know Megillat Esterazan in the Torah, it's the Nevi'im afterwards, the Kituvim, that's written afterwards. So the Gemara says, where is Haman, Merumaz, in the Torah? So the Gemara says, you know where it's Merumaz? It's Merumaz by Adam and Chava. We know that Chava told Adam Rishon to eat from the tree, from the etz. So the Pasuk says that afterwards Hashem asked Adam Rishon, Amina etz, from this tree did you eat? So the words Hamin is hey, mem, nun. Haman, spells the word Haman, etz. So the Gemara says, you know where Haman is hinted in the Torah? When Hashem told Adam Rishon, when he asked him, did you eat from the tree? Hamina etz, did you eat from the tree? Say that, Chorim, unbelievable lesson. Now listen to this. Adam Rishon, the Medrash says, in the beginning of creation, the service was unbelievable. It was full-time service. The malachim, the angels, will barbecue steaks for Adam Arishon. The angels were their waiters for Adam Arishon. And that was Hashem's plan. But because Adam Arishon ate from the tree, that's why everything started going down and down and down and down and down to where we are right now. Of course, in His level. But says Achonim, Adam Arishon, Hashem told them you can have everything you want. Just from this tree, do not eat. You can have this, you can have this, you can have this. I'm asking you not to eat from one etz, from one tree. What happened? Adam Rishon specifically ate from that tree. What happened to Haman? Haman had the world, had the whole country bound down to him. That's a lot of people, by the way. Imagine walking down the street every day. That's a lot of respect. Haman wasn't happy. Why? Because one person, Mordechai, did not bow down to him. Haman, you had everything you needed. You were this close to Achashverosh. You were literally almost in control of the country. Wait a little bit. Be a little patient. You're getting so much respect. You have so much money. You have 10 children. You have everything you want. But because one person didn't bow down to you, because of that, you're going to destroy everything you have. But that's what Haman did, Rabotai. And what do you learn from that? We learn not to be chas even a little bit like Haman. Hashem gives us so much in our lives. We have so much. We have so much, so much, so much goodness. Oh, wherever you look, wherever you go, there's so much bracha Hashem is giving us. 
A person should not live his life because he doesn't have something specific that he wants. So because this didn't work out, oh, my whole life is terrible. Oh, Hashem is not listening to me. Oh, Hashem doesn't like me. What do you mean? What are you, Haman? You have everything you need. You have so much. You have so many details. Everything Hashem is taking care of you. Because one thing over there, Hashem, whatever the calculation is, didn't give it to you, didn't happen. First of all, it's for your benefit. But because of that, everything else is ruined. All the Baha is ruined. Chas shouldn't be like that. That's what we learn from Haman. Do not be like Haman. And Lahavdil Elif Avdalot, Adam Arishon's ta'ut was that he ate, that he ate from the etzadat. Hashem told him, you have all the other trees, but specifically ate on that tree. Adam Arishon shouldn't have eaten that tree because he has so much food to eat. So too said Achunim, we have so many opportunities wherever we go. There's so many Bechot Hashem gives us. Just because one thing doesn't work out doesn't mean it ruins everything else. Or Desa says, if you take an empty piece of paper, white piece of paper, and you have one brown or black dot right in the middle, and you ask a person, what do you see? They're going to tell you naturally, you see the black dot. You see the brown, but what happened? The whole paper is white. The whole paper is white. It says of this, so naturally a person sees the chisaron as something. He sees the negative as something. That's the nature of a person. What's our job? Our job is to be nalekaman. Rather look at how much positive we have. How much Hashem is giving us. I want to share with you a story. How much time do I have? Okay, I want to share with you a story, Rabotai. From Shlomo Zaman Orbach. Is that Sal? Shlomo Zaman Orbach says like this. He had a fellow that came to him, that he was in tremendous chavot. He was in debt. And unfortunately, he got more and more sad and more and more depressed. This person actually ran a kolel in Eretz Yisrael. Shlomo Zawanoruch told him like this. He says, let me give you an unbelievable itzah, suggestion, that I did, that my father told me. He says, go get yourself a little notebook, a little notebook, and a pen that can fit your pocket. And throughout the day, I am asking you to write down how you see Hashem did something for you in that day. Try it. Try it for a couple of weeks. Come back to me, you'll see you'll be a much happier person. This fellow, of course, the Gedor Adol said something, he'll listen. He goes, he gets a notebook, he gets a pen. And he says the first day, he mentions here four things. What is he wearing in his notebook? And this applies to our lives. He says, for a while, at night, my wife lost a pacifier for the baby. That happens, by the way. Happens. And then you get under pressure. What did he do? He said, I dive into Hashem. Hashem, please let me help to find the pacifier. He turns around, he finds the pacifier. Went, he wrote in the notebook. Two, what happened? I went downstairs to the grocery. I needed milk. The guy tells me, oh, nigmar chalav. No more milk, no more milk. What happens? He goes outside, literally the delivery truck of the milk, passes by. Oh, number two. Number three, what happens? Oh, it was Erev Shabbat. Now he said he wasn't so in the mood, you know, of uh, Shabbat so much. He wasn't in such a happy mood. His son comes back home, he got a hundred in his Gemara test. Oh, thank you Hashem. He writes in his notebook, my son got a hundred Gemara test, now I'm happier. Number four, someone sent him exactly $2,000 of a check that was ready a year late. Someone sent him a check of $2,000 at exactly when he needed it, right down right away in the notebook. Then, says of Shomazam and Orbach, he tells him after two weeks, let me see what's, what's going on. He sees a notebook, he says, wow, look at this. Hashem is here, Hashem is, look at that. Hashem, 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 Hashem. Before you start davening, for now on, I want you to look at your notebook and realize how much Hashem gives you. Focus on the good. When you focus on how much Hashem does give you, it's going to override. It's going to take chas all the things that you think is missing. Hashem will give you that too. And he says, somebody once came to Hashem Zaman Arbach, and he tells them, Baruch Hashem, my son just got engaged, but I have three daughters 
that are older than him and they're not going to engage yet. I don't know what to do. They're, you know, Shiduchim is ma'akev. We're having a hard time. Whatever Shlomo Zohar would tell, uh, tell them, the Rabbi Orach tell them, focus and thank Hashem. Hashem, thank you for giving me the zechut to get married, although it was like 40 years ago. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me the zechut to have children. Thank you, Hashem, for healthy children. And thank you, Hashem, for giving me the zechut that my daughter got engaged. Speak like that. Focus on how much Hashem gives you. Watch your kids get engaged. And that's what happened, Rabotai. Hashem wants us to focus on the simcha. Hashem wants you to focus on how much you do have. Appreciate how much we do have, Rabotai. Look at how much good, how much good Hashem gives us. Thank Hashem more and more and more and more. And when we focus on the good, we'll become besimcha, we'll be happy. When we recognize how much Hashem does give us, when we recognize what it means to learn every moment, every bracha that we have, how much an effect it makes, we'll be very, very happy. Because every moment of yahadut, every moment of Torah and bracha is a tremendous accomplishment. And when one feels accomplished, he's happy. Accomplishments equals happiness. How does one feel accomplished? When he understands what he does. If we would remind ourselves how much it means to say one bracha, one Shabbat, one Gemara, whatever it is, every time you speak nice, every time you hold yourself back, not offending somebody else, every time you give a compliment, if we would recognize how much an effect it makes in the world, you will feel accomplished. And that's the reality. That's what you're doing to the world. When you're accomplished, you'll be happy. Pekudei Hashem Yesharim Mesam because you want to serve Hashem. Thank Hashem for giving the honor for even following that mitzvot. You know what's going to happen? You'll be a happy person. Thank you so much for listening. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.